Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard Hi ho neighbors, it's episode number 78 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the world's most perplexing Eric Roberts related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly and joining me as usual is the young pope, Liam O'Donnell. How are you doing today, Liam? I'm pretty good, Doug. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. You know, it's uh, this has been a long break for us. Longer, really, I think, than maybe any break we've ever had. And it's all because of me. I went on vacation, Liam. And you said, I remember this very clearly, you said, well, I cannot do an episode by myself, so you will have to just wait an extra week. Um, In reality, I didn't even notice we were on a break, and when you told me we were doing this episode, I was like, already? All right. It's been an extra week. We we usually are, we're usually on a two week schedule. We have an extra week, and it's a good thing we had that extra week, Liam, because there's news breaking all over. Whoa, yeah. It's, yeah, it's you know how they say that word. What's that word? Hell's a popping. Well, in this case, it's Eric Roberts a popping. I have never heard anyone say hell's a pop. What is? Oh, hell is a popping is what you're trying to say, but in like one word. Isn't there like a a musical called Hell's a popping? I. Someone you could is yelling. Not find a cultural reference further away from me. All right, Liam. I thought that you. I thought because <laughs> of your, it was like a like a like a uh, I don't know like a EDM song. I guess that would be more difficult for me to relate to. Liam, I thought because of your enthusiasm for Christianity that you would have a better approach or a better impression of what Hell's a Poppin was all about. I strike you as enthusiastic about Christianity. That you seems, love it. It's all you of, talk about. It seems out of character, actually. Hell's a Poppin is a film from nineteen forty-one. And is it one word? It's not like yeah. a phrase? It's Hell's a Poppin', not Popping. Oh. So yeah, a very famous movie. I, I'm a little uh, embarrassed to uh, discover that you are not really familiar with it, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how is your uh, your family doing? Uh, Pretty good. Okay. Okay. Today's guest is an actor, writer, and enthusiast of Crapola. It's Mr. Freeman Williams. How you doing, Freeman? Edmund? I, I'm I'm fine, and and now that I've been officially introduced, I can point out that Hills yes. of Poppin' was a stage show before it was a movie. I think I even referred to that as if I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> so somewhere in the recesses of my mind, I knew it was a stage show, and I knew it was a movie. But at like halfway through saying it, I thought I was confusing it with Damn Yankees. But what's Hills of Poppin' all about, Freeman? Uh, it is about everything. It's um, <laughs> I, it is it is actually one of my favorite comedy movies because Olsen and Johnson, who is the comedy duo who who are running Hills of Poppin', uh, supposedly they are making a movie, and it's about the making of the movie. And these guys come in and they warp reality. And yeah, as you mentioned, it's 1941, and in the first five minutes, they uh, they spoil Citizen Kane. <laughs> For Olsen, 1941. Yeah, Olsen and Johnson did not care. <laughs> it, is, it is a whacked out movie. You know, it, it finally settles down to be a musical romantic comedy. And then 
Olsen and Johnson will come back on and and start screwing things up again. And if if you get a chance to see it, I really do recommend it. Well, I I you know what I am going to seek it out because it does sound like my bag. I'm sure Liam, who didn't uh, know that this movie existed until just seconds ago, is also very enthusiastic about it. But Freeman, I want to stick with you for a second. Now you have done your share of acting in the past and in the current and in the present. Uh, acting, yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are an actor. You've, you know, uh, you've tripped the light fantastic, as they say. I, I, I have strutted and fretted my hour upon the stage. Yes, this is true. What happens if it's longer than an hour? <laughs> if, if what is longer than an hour, sir? Well, if you're on the stage for long, longer than an hour. Uh, then uh, you hopefully have a chance to get a drink of water and then you carry on because oh. the show must go on. What's the longest production you've ever been a part of, Freeman? Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) There is is a show called Native Speech, which uh, wound up being three and a half hours long. And I I talked during most of it. Yes, I I am told that the three and a half hours length was my fault. But, oh, come on, man. (laughs) You gave me all these words to say. I've got to say them all. Well, as an actor and as someone who's been in productions uh, up to three and a half hours in length, you must have a great respect for other working actors like one Mr. Eric Roberts. This is a podcast about Eric Roberts, the actor. What, um, it is? Nobody mm-hmm. told me this. It's very important that we get that out of the way at the beginning because a large part of this podcast, we probably won't be talking about him. But what was, what's your familiarity with Eric Roberts, Freeman? Oh man, I wish I could say that my uh, my introduction to Eric Roberts was Runaway Train, but <laughs> right? uh, no, no, it was Rude Awakening. Okay, look, you know what? That's a unique answer in the uh, in the context of this particular podcast. A lot of people say either like a Runaway Train or Pope of Greenwich Village, or they're saying Best of the Best. Best of the Best is the one I think we probably hear the most <laughs> often, or The Dark Knight, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you say Eric Roberts to me, the first thing that I I remember is him being the master in the American Doctor Who. Because, damn, he looked good in that costume. (laughs) Are you excited, Freeman, to hear that he's making a return to that character? uh, I actually am, yes. Mm, Good. I love enthusiasm. I like excitement. It's why I have Liam as my co host. Because, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Now I'm feeling it. Yes. You know, th- this is a uh, fortuitous time to be a uh, guest on the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast because, boy, there's been a lot of news breaking. I think I mentioned it right before I started to talk about Hell's a Poppin' at length. Uh, but there is a lot of news we're going to talk about. And you know what? I think we're going to talk about it right now on The Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for episode number 78 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. And we're actually doing things a little bit different on this episode in that we're going to, uh, since Eric has been tweeting about some of the important news items that have been taking place lately, we're actually going to kind of transition from the tweet into the news item that he's referring to. But we're going to start with a tweet from July 6th when Eric Roberts tweeted, You've made your point at Colbert Late Show. Would people reject Kennedy? He'd have a lot of Me Too apologizing to do also. And he was a savior, as was Clinton, as was Obama. Great people often have great flaws, but there's a lot more 
to talk about. Starting with my guest, Freeman. <laughs> There's no way we're going to get in trouble talking about this tweet. Uh, do you, as an actor, as someone who has probably witnessed your share of sexism and that sort of thing on the stage, do you feel like things are improving? Have you seen improvement in your life? Uh, I have seen improvement in actually talking about it instead of it being, uh, you know, it's just swept under the uh, the nearest grungiest carpet you can find. Mm-hmm. I would not say the things are actually getting better, but the the talking about it and putting it out in the open is an important step towards improvement. So I'm hopeful in that respect. I mean, here locally, we had an enormous uh, scandal at our local professional theater, mm. the Alley. And in fact, the artistic director wound up stepping down. So we're still feeling the repercussions from that. But better? No, not yet. But we're talking well, yeah. about it. Well, I mean, you know, hopefully this, the, the first step is talking and the second step is action. Um, Liam, there is... Uh, when you read that tweet from Eric Roberts, now Eric has shown support for the Me Too movement in the past, at least through his Twitter feed, but do you kind of agree or disagree with his main point here, which is that there are great men of history that would maybe uh, not be able to exist in the climate of Me Too? I mean, the only person here who... I'm particularly enamored of in any way is Obama. And even then, um, I have huge criticisms for me. Kennedy, I don't know some Irish dude who, who made the cold war worse. Clinton actual monster. I'm fine. Like this is not, this isn't compelling to me at all. Like I, I do think that probably with enough digging, I'd find someone who I really, have huge respect for that did something that I think they need to apologize for. Maybe not related to me too, but something somewhere. And and I'm willing to accept that as part of history. But this particular tweet, I'm like uncompelled, especially throwing Obama in there in the sense mm. of like, just bring him up. Meanwhile, there's currently at least no evidence that Obama has done anything untoward in a me too sort of way. So unless he's referring to drone strikes, I don't know why he's bringing up Obama right now. It does it's, seem to be weird to categorize them. Yeah. It's just a distraction. It just feels like a distraction. And and I feel like he's being sensitive because he's been criticized, uh, mm-hmm. not for doing some of the harsher things that we've heard about, but just some of his language and stuff. I think it, you know, so he's feeling a little sensitive and I'm like, all right, man, like, I don't know. To me, this is something that I would, if I was, uh, you know, closer friends with him, I would say, hey, man, don't be, don't get defensive. Just let it be what it is. You know, like, come on. Well, on a lighter note, Eric Roberts on July 5th said, I'm feeling very UK. What with the at Bear Grylls project and at Keaton Simons being over there at Magic Pub and Hyde Park. Celeb Island can be seen elsewhere by various means. And this is in response to a friend of the show, Cats and Cradles on Twitter, uh, Lindsay, who asked if the show was only in the UK. Now, what I'm referring to here is something we've mentioned on a previous episode, Liam. Celeb Island, which is a reality television show. Uh, I guess it's a UK-only reality television show, and I imagine it's hosted by famous survivalist Bear Grylls. It's basically... I mean, from my understanding, I've never watched an episode, but of course I will, uh, because of a blood oath that we will refer to later. Um, the Celeb Island is basically Survivor with celebrities, which also sounds like that show, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I'm not 
sure what the differences are, but basically these are celebrities who are going to have to survive on uh, an island. <laughs> it's called Celebrity <laughs> Island. Lot of big announcements this week, Liam. Added to the cast this week uh, are Spando Ballet's uh, Martin Kemp. He's going to join ex-Emmerdale actress Roxanne Pallet, as well as Olympic rower James Cracknell. Freeman, James Cracknell, are you excited about this? Oh, my God. Where's my mm-hmm. James Cracknell doll? I want him to autograph it. It's recently been announced that Pete Wicks, who I think it was announced previously, but he's from the television show The Only Way is Essex, that he was bitten by a shark during the filming. <laughs> This is in the article that I'm reading. Anyway, I'm not reading this for no reason. One of the celebrities that are going to be on this island with Bear Grylls is Eric Roberts. And my understanding is that the contestants have just returned home from filming. And the show is set to air in the autumn, which uh, I believe is fall for the rest of the world. Uh, So that's very exciting. Celebrity uh, Island... What do you think, Freeman? Is this something that would appeal to you if you were not uh, bound to watch it through a blood oath? No. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, I, I simply do not watch reality TV. Did, did you hear the air quotes when I when I said reality? And oh, reality shit. TV? Freeman's about to lay it down and he's going to tear down this reality TV. I'm guessing that you don't think it's reality at all. No, I don't. I think I think it I think it's reality in, in far as improvisation is involved, but uh, reality, no, no. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Sick Le- sick. Yeah, it, well, I thought so. But Liam, are you interested in Celebrity Island? Is Bear Grylls the one that was faking the whole time? Okay, so this is an interesting point that I don't think we talked about previously. Now, there's a few survivalists out there, Liam. The one that I enjoy most is Survivor Man, uh, who's Canadian, and he used to go out to remote areas with just him and some cameras and basically film the whole program himself, which he had to do because he was Canadian, and we don't have any money here. Uh, (laughs) Bear Grylls is a British survivalist who is a former military guy, I believe. And uh, he was – it was discovered that a lot of the difficulties he was encountering were created for the show. And like he he would suggest that he was out sleeping in the elements and then, you know, he would be going to a hotel during the night. I I believe once that was found out, he – did not pretend to do those kind of things anymore, but I know it did kill a lot of his credibility in this part of the world. Yeah. But then he did an episode with Obama. I mean, look, I actually find I can't I can't watch reality TV like this regularly because it, it, it gets on my nerves. But a couple episodes of something like this, I'm sure is amusing. Um, but I have to watch. You know, I don't really have a choice. If it wasn't for the oath, would I watch this? Probably not because I'm not British. So I don't know who any of these British celebrities are. If there were some people on there who I was like, oh, I know who that is. And I think it's going to be really embarrassing for them. That might be fun, I guess. I don't know. Well, I've got some interesting news for you, Liam. Yeah. Well, we have to watch the entire series, <laughs> like every episode of it. He's because, on the whole thing? Yeah. I believe. I mean, unless, I mean, I guess there's eliminations. So until he gets eliminated, yeah, I guess we got to watch it. He's going to get eliminated pretty quick. Why would you say that? Why? Uh, come on. He's, I love Eric Roberts, but <laughs> I hope are they, you really I hope, telling me? <laughs> I hope they have the naturally, naturally growing marijuana on this fucking island. <laughs> <laughs> also, are you sure that he's a contestant? Well, what do you mean? Well, they might have like celebrity get Like if I was going to have someone come on for a cheap pop 
who would introduce some sort of like fighting thing, Eric Roberts would be one of my choices. No, no, I've I've read in in several different articles that he is a contestant on this show. That's weird. He doesn't seem as famous as Spando ballet singer Martin Kemp or Olympic rower James Cracknell. Well, it was mentioned in many of the articles I was uh, reading that he is the Hollywood star of this season. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> At least you have the shark bite episode to look forward to. Exactly, I, exactly. I, I want to see a celebrity I've never heard of get eaten by a shark. That's just me. <laughs> That's just what I enjoy. Um, but speaking of celebrities, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Speak. Speaking of celebrities, on July 4th, and this is the biggest news story of the week, on July 4th, Michael Flatley tweeted, I've dreamt of making a movie since I was seven years old. Nothing great is ever easy, but nothing is impossible, two exclamation points. Job done! And he attached to this tweet a poster for the upcoming film, Blackbird, uh, which of course stars and is directed by Lord of the Dance and artist Michael Flatley. And uh, stars also Eric Roberts, I'm guessing as the villain. I'm not sure if I ever confirmed that or not. Eric actually responded to this tweet with, uh, loved every minute. And then Michael Flatley followed up with, thanks for being our superstar, Eric. You're beautiful in the film. Bless you. And uh, so this is Michael Flatley's self-financed spy thriller. Looks very James Bondish. The 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 Certainly the poster looks very James Bondish. Um, and uh, and. I think a lot of people took the opportunity this week, once this poster came out, to have a little bit of fun, a little bit of mockery on the whole Michael Flatley as action star thing. Starting, because I know that we've talked about this before, Liam, I want to start with you, Freeman. Uh, do you have any high hopes for Blackbird? Well, I tell you, once when, when you pointed the way to that poster, I, of course, immediately went to the IMDb. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it has the plot synopsis... Troubled secret agent, quote, Blackbird, unquote, abruptly <laughs> retires from service and opens a ex- luxurious nightclub in the Caribbean to escape the dark shadows of his past. An old flame arrives and reignites love in his life, but she brings danger with her. And I went, God damn, that is Casablanca. Uh-huh. What? Are- oh, uh. So uh, I am only looking forward to it in a schadenfreude sort of way. Well, and the title, Black Bird, sort of reminds me of another Humphrey Bogart movie, mm-hmm. The Maltese Falcon. So maybe it's like a, 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 a an homage to, uh-huh. to to classic Hollywood cinema. So all that remains is figuring out, is Eric Roberts uh, Sidney Greenstreet, or is he Peter Lorre? Oh, that's an excellent question. Uh, I'm going to guess neither or both. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well... I'll tell you, they were having a little fun with this at The Guardian, uh, the famous uh, Guardian.com. So Stuart Heritage uh, wrote an article about this film and uh, didn't have a lot of nice things to say. He said this about the cast. He goes, this is the first sign of trouble. Alongside Flatley, Blackbird stars nobody of particular note. Oh, don't like reading that. Patrick Bergen is best known for playing the man who invented virtual reality in Lawnmower Man 2. Ian Beatty uh, played some chaff in Game of Thrones, and Lara Lemon was once in a film called Angry Nazi Zombies. But what about Eric Roberts, you're asking? His presence in Blackbird is surely a sign of quality, right? Not really. Since 2015, Eric Roberts has starred in 209 different productions, so his sense of quality control might not be all that wonderful. Especially when you realize that some of those projects had names like 
Cowboys versus Dinosaurs, <laughs> Stalked by My Doctor, Get Naked, and Pups Alone, A Christmas Peril. Liam, this writer obviously doesn't know that at least two of those movies are very watchable. <laughs> You're talking about Stalked by My Doctor and Stalked by My Doctor? Oh, Cowboys versus Dinosaurs was fun, Liam. Get the fuck out of my face. I am not going to get out of your fucking face, uh, <laughs> Liam O'Donnell. No, 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 no. Uh, so I I feel like this person, he also seemed very nasty about the fact that someone worked on a movie called Angry Nazi Zombies. What is a title? Can we judge a movie by its title, Liam? No, I don't think so. Um, my <laughs> concern with the Blackbird uh, movie poster is I don't love... Uh, prominently featuring uh, a very attractive young woman and then not placing her name on the poster. That seems odd to me. Yeah, that bugs me too. Yeah, it's a very odd decision because I'm like, oh, Patrick Bergen seems to have undergone some surgery of some kind. Mm -hmm. What's happening right now? Um, I get it that like she is the quote-unquote eye candy Mm -hmm. uh, but then put her fucking name on the poster. Like, I just, that that to me is... uh, Already shows that Mr. Flatley maybe doesn't have the sort of uh, taste I would like. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Mm. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. All your life, you were only waiting for this moment to arise. I'm thinking Michael Flatley has been waiting his whole life for this moment to arise where he could make the movie Blackbird, Liam. Was that the Kinks you just quoted? I'm, a, it was, I'm oh, not sure. Holy shit! I, was, I feel. El, El, was that Elton John? Oh I'm my a, god! I'm unfamiliar. Oh, oh. I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> Recently oh, added. Stones. Was that the Rolling Stones? <laughs> yeah, that's him. Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2019's IRL, directed by Ricardo Perez Selsky. Have we mentioned this one before, Liam? I sometimes worry when I'm doing the recently added parts that we've talked about this before. No, we have not. This is called IRL, as in the letters I-R-L. Uh, probably uh, is a reference to the uh, uh, acronym In Real Life, Liam. I would assume so, yes. It's described on the Internet Movie Database as a love story for our times, exploring the joys, loneliness, triumphs, and heartbreaks of modern dating and online relationships. Uh, featuring Eric Roberts as Jonathan. Hey, remember, Liam, uh, Eric Roberts was in that Lifetime movie, uh, with Anne Heche, uh, and they that was all about online relationships. Yeah, what was that movie called? It was called Internet or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was called Fatal Desire. Ugh. Well, of course it was. It. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was Fatal Desire, and it featured, I think, Anne Heche uh, manipulating Eric Roberts over an online relationship to uh, murder somebody. Isn't that right? Yep. I wonder if that's what's going to happen in IRL. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> well, I think, Liam, that we are going to watch the movie IRL, and why is that? Blood Oath. We made a blood oath. Now, before we take our first break, Freeman, did you think that Liam and I made a uh, a bit of an error in our lives by making a blood oath to cover the life and work of actor Eric Roberts? Uh, I've seen stupider blood oaths, so no. Tell me one. Uh, hmm. Oh, see? Hmm. Not uh, so easy. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Put me on the spot here. <laughs> okay, you're right, you're right. You're both wasting your lives. I don't know why I'm trying to be nice about this. <laughs> Please don't. I'm not. <laughs> Liam, if one of us dies, uh, uh-huh. does do, does the other one have to continue the blood oath? Oh, that's a good question. Um, if 
I die. Be very careful with your answer. <laughs> if I die, then yes, you have to continue the blood. Oh, oath. But oh. if you die, no. Okay. Well, I, then, then don't open that letter I just sent you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take our first break because we've been having so much fun here. When we return, the fun will stop. <laughs> we are going to talk about 2014's Halloween Hell. Join us for that right after this. a biting satirical horror movie <laughs> where, where a reality show's contestants are trapped on set with a deadly devil doll from hell and a psychotic host who thinks he is Dracula. Directed by horror slash sci-fi cult favorite Ed Hunt, it's 2014's Halloween Hell. Now, I do want to start with Ed Hunt uh, because even though that, uh, that write-up that I just uh, read out mentions that he is a cult favorite director... Uh, it's possible that listeners might not be familiar with some of his work. I am familiar with some of it. I know Freeman is. Uh, Liam, mm-hmm. I have the list here of his films. Have you seen any others of the work of Ed Hunt? No. Oh, was this the sound of you reading just then? <laughs> uh, yes. Bloody Birthday. I think I – isn't there a Blu-ray? I believe I have the Blu-ray of Bloody Birthday. Bloody Birthday is one of his more well-known movies. Freeman was just mentioning during the break that he's seen Starship – Invasions from the year 1977. I've seen that one as well. As well, for me, I've seen 1988's The Brain. And the reason I've seen some of these, Liam, is because uh, Mr. Hunt, uh, during the 70s and 80s, was making movies in Canada. They're all Canadian movies, including Uh, The Brain. The Brain, which is a really entertaining uh, movie. I think they showed it on 35mm out in Toronto not too long ago. Uh, But this is Ed Hunt's first movie in 20 years, Liam. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Uh, although yeah. apparently he did work on uh, the Jungle Book: The New Adventures of Mowgli video game in 1995. Yeah, I, I'm curious about that myself. But this is Ed Hunt, cult director's return to directing. Now uh, we're going to go into detail, of course, uh, about the film and our thoughts on it. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to ask both of you about is something that was mentioned in that little write-up, which says a psychotic host who thinks he is Dracula. Now, this character, Count Dracula, is played by Eric Roberts in this movie. We'll, of course, talk about his performance in just a little bit. But did it come across to both of you that he was just supposed to be a psychotic person thinking he was Dracula? He certainly doesn't seem to be like a traditional Count Dracula. I want to start with our guest, Freeman. Is that something that comes across in the movie to you? That he's psychotic? Or... Well, that, that he's a person who thinks he's Dracula as opposed to being Dracula. Uh, no, it really doesn't. Uh, it, it, it it comes across as being an eccentric person who has decided to take on that persona, 
but I, I don't think there's any real psychosis involved in his choice of faces that he shows the world. Now, in in what he does throughout the movie, yeah, I think we can we can argue about his mental stability there. But now he's got ladies of the night who who <laughs> hang around with him. Like they seem pretty devoted to him, so I guess he's he. But he doesn't actually show any magical ability. He doesn't turn into a bat. He just is sort of the mastermind um, of this 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 kind of game that he's created. It's kind of a strange. Like I'm kind of curious about why they decided to make him Dracula at all. That's a good question. It's a great question. Hopefully answered by my co-host Liam O'Donnell. Liam, why is Count Dracula in this movie? <laughs> I mean, I. I thought that he was not supposed to be actually Dracula. That he was meant to be someone who was being a horror host named Dracula. But that might have been affected by the fact that you posted something saying he was not the actual Dracula. Hmm. So I might have been tainted by your tweet about it last night. I'm not sure. But the way that the the way that the uh contestants i guess mm-hmm. respond to him suggested to me that he was not dracula okay. uh, and that they did not think he was actually dracula but they were willing to call him that. he does have the license plate he does that's actually really important uh, and it is shown in detail <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of the few props on display here in uh halloween hell let me go elaborate slightly about the the plot of the movie before i get your takes on it so uh, as you kind of referred to there liam we have Eric Roberts as Count Dracula, or someone who thinks he's Count Dracula, or is a horror host of some sort. He has decided to create an online streaming reality show uh, where he has six contestants, uh, three male, three female. And basically, they are in a room, which also has a figurine in it. And this figurine hosts uh, a demon. And this demon has the ability to, I guess, warp reality, basically kill them in all sorts of different ways. And people are going to watch online and make bets about like the order in which these people are going to get killed. And when they make those bets, the demon also comes through their computer and kills them. Uh, and somehow this is a very popular money-making scheme, which I don't really fully understand. I'm going to start with you on this, Liam. What did you think of 2014's Halloween Hell? Whew. Um, I mean, this is getting old to say this, but it's worth noting for longtime listeners. We've seen worse. This is not the worst thing that, that we've watched. Uh-huh. Um, but, it, you know, it's one of those movies where, A, everything Eric Roberts does is clearly filmed entirely separately from the rest of the cast. Uh-huh. Very likely in, I don't know, an hour, maybe less than an hour. I don't at, know. The very least, like- at the very least, a single day for sure. Sure. Uh, I'll I'll say maybe two hours. Um, (laughs) Most of the action occurs in a single room. And, you know, one of the things I've always found fascinating, this is going to be a a stretch, but but go with me here. One of the things I find fascinating about Suspiria is the way that Argento just sort of like focuses in sometimes on weird interior design details. Sure. As a way to create a sense of dread. Uh, this director also does that, but they're corny Halloween decorations. There is a very intimidating shot of the goofiest werewolf mask I've ever seen in my fucking life. As if that's supposed to, like, you're going to see that and go, oh, shit, he's into werewolves? Like, this is this is bad. This is going to be a bad situation. So, uh, you know, all that sort of 
uh, doesn't work very well. And then, you know, there's the usual issues with a movie like this. The performances aren't great. The special effects, the quote-unquote gore are is terrible. Um, but the, the thing that really got to me was the demon, the quote-unquote demon. And again, he also felt like for portions of the film, they just filmed him against a green screen. Mm-hmm. And then they just cut to him at various moments. Uh-huh. And he's usually just sort of like... He's leering at the camera as if he is a member of the Beastie Boys, and this is the uh, a video from uh, <laughs> early on in their career. Like he's just sort of reaching at the camera, and it's not very scary at all. So I didn't like it. Okay, well, I think that came across fairly well. Uh, I want to go over to Freeman, who I believe has a very different take on what his thoughts were. How did you like Halloween Hell? Uh, well, Halloween Hell was very much the sort of movie I used to write about on my old website, The Bad Movie Report, which means I've I've got a lot of notes, just like I used to do back in the day. Uh, and, uh, I think we've already established how I feel about reality TV, Mm. but, uh, overall, Halloween Hell, they spent all the money on the demon, uh, and they're proud of it, and, and it actually is a fairly decent piece of makeup. Sure. However, however, the, the demon has more screen time than Eric Roberts. <laughs> uh, and they, there are a couple of times that they get really, really, really close to it, and they go, oh, that's a mistake, just as much as it is, you know, showing the demon in the first two minutes of the movie, which we'll, we'll get back to later. Uh and low-budget filmmaking is something I've got some experience in. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, everything in, in basically one room. Uh, the entire thing was filmed in one warehouse, you can tell. <laughs> uh, and you're, so you're trying to do what is known as a submarine movie, uh, a movie that takes place basically in one room. Those are very cheap to make, but the thing is, you have got to have something interesting for those people to do during the running time of your movie. And Ed Hunt You mean the strip poker? Ed Hunt does it, yeah, strip poker. <laughs> At least Friday the 13th had, had the balls to do strip monopoly. <laughs> uh, and and all, all, all the guests from... <laughs> six good-looking young friends from all walks of life, as they uh-huh. used to say on Dynaman. Um, and it's it's just dreary. I have uh, a question for you, Freeman. Yes. Liam, Liam just mentioned that the the set dressing is very kind of corny, uh, like like a Halloween night at, or like a haunted house type deal. Do you think that that was supposed to be intentional? Because we realize very quickly that these contestants in this reality show they don't take it seriously until one of them are killed. Do you think it's supposed to look cheesy, or it just ended up looking cheesy? I'm going to be charitable and say it was supposed to look cheesy. Mm. Uh, and that's is this is probably the budget that Mr. Hunt had to work with. Right. Uh, but uh, the part of me that is not charitable is going to say, well, yeah, somebody had this in his storage room. And it was just waiting for October to run around to drag it all out again. And, uh, hey, can we use this? We'll pay you 20 bucks. Yeah, okay, here. They, they had a lot of spider webs, so that's something. Yeah, that stuff's <laughs> cheap. <laughs> you buy that by the bag. <laughs> well, they used at least two bags in the, the at, film. At Hall- least. Hall- 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 Hall. Uh, back over to you, Liam. Now, we have six characters, 
at the core of this movie. So they obviously, you know, as uh, Freeman mentioned, they come from all walks of life. Um, there's one of them as a cowboy. And he has a gun. For some reason, he's allowed to bring a gun. I know they do mention it in the dialogue. Uh, and we have the nerdy nerd, Liam, who actually looks equally as buff as the cowboy. I don't know why they keep referring to him as like having these kind of tiny legs or whatever. Uh, you have a Russian woman uh, who is presented as um, flirtatious. Uh, and uh, then you have uh, an immigrant uh, woman and you have another woman. So that's, oh, and there's a black guy, which I, I'm sorry that I left till the last. That's Mr. Jones. He does joke about uh, how black characters tend to be the first to die in movies. And then he is the first to die in this movie. Liam, who was your favorite of this cast? Huh. That's a good question. I'm going to go with nerdy nerd guy. Johnny. No, I thought Johnny was the hillbilly guy. No, that was Toby. That was Toby. Oh, Toby. Okay. Get it? Like Um, Toby. Like that famous Toby. Yeah. Toby Keith. To be fair, none of these people are particularly likable. The only one who I thought I might like was the immigrant woman. And then she keeps saying, like, really judgmental things about the Russian lady when the Russian lady hasn't done anything wrong yet. I mean, they're playing strip poker, but it's not like, I don't know. There's just little moments like that that I don't know why they're in there. And so everyone is a little unlikable. I mean, I guess the Russian lady's fine. Russian lady and nerd guys seem nice enough. This Uh, this might change your opinion on... The, uh, the character of Toby, played by Paul Stanko, he uh, he actually has probably more acting experience than most of the people in the cast. He does voiceover dubbing work for Ultraman TV series and movies. Okay. Oh. That's pretty okay. cool, right? That's yeah, that's cool. He that's rocks, yeah. yeah, we love him. You go, Stanko. <laughs> here's, here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at your, the list of people right now. I don't see Toby. He's further down the list. I, I don't have the, for um, some reason they, they, I'm not sure. Is it, no, it's not alphabetical. I have no idea why they've ordered the, it like this on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is weird. The order that got it in. Same question over to you, uh, Freeman. Uh, is there a character that, uh, that caught your fancy? No. Excellent. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, possibly the dragon lady, but uh, <laughs> can I uh, can I say something about this demon? Yes, please. The I, I, I why was the entire bottom half of the demon just bad CGI fire? I'm pretty sure he's like a, like a jinn or like a genie. So this is my issue with that. Uh huh. <laughs> you've got a you've got a creature, and the creature has no lower half. And so you sort of cover up the lower half with CGI fire or whatever it's supposed to be. But then you have the gentleman who's playing that character just lumber along, clearly walking, as if no one's invented a thing with wheels on it. Like, uh-huh. it, I don't understand. It, it just is such a small fix that costs no money to put our man on a dolly or a skateboard or something. Because when he lumbers along, it's not subtle. He's definitely walking, but they've just put fuzzy orange light in front of his legs. And for some reason, and this detail is emblematic of a few things in the film in which the film isn't completely unwatchable and things happen. It's not like the worst thing ever, but there are just little aspects of the movie that for some reason really got on my nerves a lot. Just, just bummed me out. Like the, uh, when Toby decides he's going to shoot out the cameras, 
when he's already <laughs> fired the gun 20 times mm. and he just fires and they got to show you the bad CGI bullet hole next to each camera. Yeah. So, you know, he can't shoot out the cameras. Oh, it really bummed me out. I, or when he puts the statue upside down with just the piece of gum, that <laughs> bummed me out. They're, they're just little things like that that felt like, um, uh, I guess the best way to put it is I, I, I didn't know who on set gave a fuck. Because yeah. these are easy fixes. They're not budget issues. They're just dumb ideas. Well, I, I do want to say one thing that I was particularly irritated by. Now, Toby in this is presented as the asshole character. I think that's fair to say, right? He's a bit of an asshole. Yeah. There's a point when they're playing strip poker, and he is the only one to have to strip down uh, to being naked. And this would have been a great opportunity to mock this character for his shortcomings or whatever, right? But instead, he takes off his his clothes and everyone seems very impressed by his dong, Liam. Shouldn't they not? Like, what was the point of that? His dong, Liam. I actually wondered the same exact thing. Again, not that I'm offended at the idea that like, okay, well, we're going to have a character with a huge dong and that's going to be part of the story. Uh That's fine. But why this particular character when we've been set up to mock him? I feel like it's because later on, once a character dies, he kind of changes his tune and suddenly we're supposed to maybe not like him, but feel less put off by him and which by the way is unsuccessful he's still an ass just because he's suddenly afraid for his life doesn't make him not an asshole but the movie seems to be like i don't know it 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 doesn't feel like you're supposed to be rooting for his death anymore which is for me prior to that moment i'm rooting for him to die i was hoping he'd be the first one to go uh this movie compared to some that we watch is pretty explicitly violent. Uh, There's a lot of gore in it, a varying quality. Some of it is physical effects. There's some CG stuff. Uh, But I do want to get, starting with you, Freeman, what for you was the most um, enjoyable, I guess that might be the word to use, what was the the act of violence in the movie that most jumped out at you? The act that most jumped out at me. Um, Let me look at my list here. Yes, please. Uh... We, we, we haven't mentioned the fact that there was a prologue in this that takes place years ago when uh, the uh, a, a group of kids who are basically the Scooby-Doo gang, except they couldn't afford a, a Great Dane, so they threw in another guy, <laughs> finds the, the figurine and uh, the demon offs them in various bloody ways. Oh, that's right. And uh, my, my favorite in that... And this is right after the uh, first woman. Well, first, first there's a disembowelment that happens off screen, and that's that's okay. That's classic cheating. Then there's a guy who gets his throat slashed. That's the first CGI blood we see, and, uh-huh. and it's really obvious because it is neon red. <laughs> uh, then one of the women, the demon, apparently puts a face mask on her and then pulls off the face mask. <laughs> And the, the, the mask was full of blood. He's supposed to be ripping her face off, but it yes. is not, shall we say, entirely uh, successful. Now, after that is the woman, and this is the one that I really liked because they couldn't figure out what they were going to do to her, so they just ran some blood hoses up through her clothing and and told her to uh, to sell it as they pumped blood through her I thought clothes. they were going to make her head explode. So did I, but I, I put it. I, I put down in my notes that this is death by overacting, <laughs> and it's not the last time we're going to see that in this movie either. 
So I uh, yeah I yeah, yeah yeah poor little actress death by overacting you sold it good girl we like so, it so that was supposed to be a while in the past right yeah yeah so. then it says years later they don't even bother to tell you how many years so what was the scene where the woman comes in and finds her friend dead that was very confusing to me now this this is something this is something in this movie that that this is my uh type four demon with a, a uh, vaporous leg thing that bothered me is that earlier we have the janitor who apparently is the janitor at the same movie studio where Eric Roberts is filming his part. Uh-huh. And he puts in the, his bet on the betting thing that Jones is first to die. You know, which, you know, that, that, that's a sucker bet. He's the black guy. Of course he's going to die first. And then the demon appears on his monitor and kills him again, death by overacting. <laughs> and, uh, then his friend comes in looking for Charlie. Who apparently there needs to be a cleanup on aisle three or something finds him. She does death by overacting. Now, Neither of these sequences are long enough. Usually when I see something like that in a movie, it's because we didn't hit the magic 85 minutes that you need for a commercially viable movie or video. So you have to add something in. Neither of those are long enough to do it. And what it does is it opens up this whole side story that should have been there that like you know the demon is using this uh, broadcast as a nationwide or even worldwide séance to to work his evil on the world and we, we we don't get that it is such a missed opportunity that i i look at it i wonder why it's there it's like you know your tongue keeps probing where you had a tooth pulled out to feel the <laughs> socket that's that's what that part is for me i want you liam to explain, what was Dracula's plan here? To make money? He, at, okay, the, at, okay. the, at the end, he makes, somehow, he makes a lot of money because people have to pay, what is it, $24 to watch the streaming of this. A dollar an hour. A dollar an hour. It's the best deal um, since, what's he say? I can't remember. I, I do remember that there are some... Just outrageously dated references in this. He, he makes some reference to Clinton Lewinsky at one it's, point. Yeah. Well, remember he said he, they, it's the best reality TV since Clinton Lewinsky. Oh, that's sure, right. Sure. That's right. And he also there's uh, the, the bank bailout comment. The bank bailout thing. Which, what happens is that one of the the contestants starts yelling at Dracula after the first death and says that uh, that uh, they want to get out. And then Dracula says there's no bailouts. And then the guy says, well, what about the banks? Which, I mean, this is 2014 this movie came out. Even at that point, that's kind of a dated reference. Uh, maybe uh, Ed had some, uh, was just, you know, he had, maybe he was just pushing some of his own beliefs into the system. Um, but uh, just going back to you, Liam. So his plan was to make money because people were watching people because this was so like popular that he was making like millions and millions of dollars off of this. Well, and was he also making money from the gambling, or was that not on his end? I, Who's picking up the gambling money? I don't know. I yeah, do they know never that, addressed that. Yeah. Because that would also make a lot of money, considering the demon killed everyone who made a bet. So they make a bet, demon kills him, he just takes the money. Right. And, and apparently the succubi that are with Dracula are also his... Um, his uh, finance people. Uh, at least that's what is established at the very end of the movie. 
Yeah, at well, least at least nectarphilia. Yeah. <laughs> here's 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 the thing about the ladies. There are a couple of moments where they seem surprised at, at what's going down, like concerned. Yeah. And I was kind of like, wait a minute, are they not in on the plan? Are they just two random women in bikinis he just hired for this event? I, I'm confused. Don't That's they know the what's impression going on? I got. That's the impression I got that they 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 were just from the local escort service. But also know how to deal with the finances at the end for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Nectarphilia <laughs> is, uh, is is a nerd girl and really should have gotten with Johnny. But yeah, yeah see, now we're rewriting it into something a bit more, uh, uh, yeah, to our taste. Let's say. All right, let's talk about the end of the movie. So the demon. Oh, but, so here's the thing about Johnny. Johnny's the nerdy character, but he also, I guess, has a friend who knows a lot about. <sighs> Magic oh. and and witchcraft Lord. and whatnot. Oh yes, the voodoo lady, quote unquote. Yes. The voodoo. I don't know why he has a relationship with a voodoo lady, but she told him. What does she tell him to bring, uh, 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 Freeman? That 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 helps him uh, battle the demon. She doesn't even tell him to bring it. Apparently, she just hands him this shit. Oh okay. Uh, there's there there's there's a Ghostbuster infrared. Uh, night vision <laughs> tank that allows him to see the demon does not there become is, useful after it's one use yeah exactly uh then there is a steel urn and then three quote-unquote magnets which <laughs> will somehow shrink down the demon and allow him to be put in the steel urn and uh, this the voodoo lady is a fascinating character i wanted to see more of her i wanted her backstory story i just i just named her mama makina mm. first name Dius, middle middle initial x <laughs> um, but yes some somehow nerd boy went to talk to this voodoo lady who gave him everything he needed to defeat the demon it, it, yeah. it of course as soon as it's introduced you're like well i guess how that's how this thing's going to end and that's how it ends uh so the nerd guy of course survives his uh, the Russian girl who becomes uh, enamored of him because he's so sweet. They they end up kind of getting together and they trap the demon back in the figurine. Liam, isn't this what happens? No, no. They no? put the demon in a uh, in a cocktail shaker. Oh, yeah. that's right. And then they, right. they and then they go to see Eric Roberts for their money. And in a way that guarantees that they'll never be on screen at the same time, because I bet they never even met Eric Roberts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they throw the demon into Eric Roberts's mouth. Yes. Right in his mouth. Which, of course, uh, leads to him bursting into flames. Apparently. <laughs> for quite some time. <laughs> for quite some time. But thankfully, they had saved up a lot of their budget for these fire effects. So they are, boy, top notch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, the subscription costs for Adobe After Effects are just <laughs> sky high. Yeah, I just can't believe the plan was to throw it into his mouth. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of backstory going. You know, there's a moment. You have those moments in horror movies where it's like, all right, give us the info. So, uh, you know, Redneck McGee is like, all right, tell me about demons. And Johnny's big reveal is like, uh, you know, he gets to the magnets eventually, but as far as the, Demons work for Satan, and they're not, and they're not ghosts. Oh, I was wondering if they were ghosts. Oh my gosh! Like I, I just feel like who's the per- who were we writing for? Where so, where it's like this character is unaware of the relationship between demons and Satan. So we need someone to fill. You know, we need someone to fill in those those important details. The magnet thing is the only thing he brings to the table, but he talks for a little bit. 
Yeah. He's a nerd, by the way, who totally buys into demons and hell and all that shit. I do want to mention, since we haven't brought it up, that Toby, he dies in a very impressive manner. He says that he doesn't believe in demons. And then he's like uh, investigating a little bit. He sees the demon. He yells out, I believe in demons. And the demon yeah. rips his head off yeah. in a glorious manner where he yeah. has almost no expression on his fucking face at all. Yeah, his his actual his actual last utterance is the advertising tagline for the movies, which is "Demons are Demons real." Demons are real. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so going back to the ending again, so they trap a demon in a cocktail shaker, and then they release it. <laughs> yeah. Like they put it in in Eric Roberts' mouth, and it kills him. But then the demon is free again. So that seems like a bad plan. That seems like something that they've uh, – a curse that they've put on the entire yeah. Earth. Well, so, they've uh, also broadcast you know, a few people dying across the internet, and then they get in the car and start making out. Yeah, so they do, like, right afterwards. Oh, we, we won. Let's get it on here in the, here in the car. <laughs> There's also no nudity in this movie, which, again, I'm not – I'm not really complaining about because, look, this is 2018. It's not hard to find nudity if you're looking for it. But it's just very strange for me to think about a horror movie made for young people ostensibly uh, with these exploitative elements and to tease nudity so much in it and then just not deliver it. It just goes against all the exploitation rules that I grew up believing in. (laughs) Well, it's a good 15 minutes of a strip poker scene for nothing. Well... You know, you're right for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Eric Roberts, the actor. Uh, He stars as Count Dracula in Halloween Hell. Uh, As you mentioned before, Liam, it appears that his role was shot in a single day. But it uh, because of how he's used in the movie, where he is a witness to what's going on, he can. It's just a lot of him reacting to things. So you know, he he does appear throughout the movie quite a bit, but it's just to react and say, "Ooh, that must hurt," or or, "Oh, oh, 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 what the music they make." Um, But uh, Yeah. yeah, so that sort of shit. But let's start with our guest. Freeman, what did you think of Eric Roberts in this movie? Oh, he's the fucking man. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey uh, you, you can't say that yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he, <laughs> I, he, it, it did look like he was having fun, and that that carries over, and I appreciated that. I think Roberts has always been solid, and uh, I, I think... I think you just my my favorite line in the whole thing is his, and that's when the the kids are screaming at a camera to let them out. There's a demon, let them out, and he and and he says the classic Dracula line: "Children of the night, what music they make!" <laughs> and he just he undersells it and he sells it at the same time. He's he's uh, he, he is the best part of the movie. I like that he slips into the Transylvanian accent every yeah. once in a while, but then just doesn't have it at all for the rest of the movie. I uh, guess. That- I think he chooses the right time to do that, too. Yeah, when he's quoting fucking Bell's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Liam, what did you think of this Eric Roberts performance? He's definitely the best part of the movie. Um, I just wish... Not, not necessarily he needed more just in the sense of screen time, but I wish they had given him more to do. There's a few too many reaction shots where he just goes... Mm. And I'm like, is that really? It, it felt like they recycled a few of the reaction shots. And, and granted, maybe they really did only have him for a very short period of time. But considering that he is 
the most lively other than the demon who uh is i'm stoked on his new rap album um <laughs> other than him it's really eric roberts's movie and i just want more of him than just him yet again grabbing his chin and going oh you know and that's not to say that when he does his thing it's not good but they it just felt like they were recycling bits and they weren't really using him uh to the fullest extent one could Right. I mean, I wonder uh, if a lot like if it was all scripted to be like fitting into the plot or if they just had him do a bunch of reactions and then this worked it in where they needed to throughout it. I'm going to bet it's that a combination of the two, certainly, but certainly there's a couple of times where he makes very pleased noises when Mm. things are not going his way. Yeah. You know, that they just don't they didn't think to have him do anything where he went, oh, no. So it's like something's very much not going his direction. And he goes, yes. And you're like, <laughs> what? Why is he saying yes right now? I don't understand. Well, that does bring us to the very idea, the concept that defines this podcast. And that is whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 2014's Halloween Hell. I feel like it's been spoiled a little bit by one of our guests. Uh, uh, my, I'm, bad, I'm not, my bad. Not pointing fingers. That. Not pointing fingers. <laughs> but, but why don't I start with our guest, Freeman Williams, is Eric Roberts the fucking man in Halloween Hell? Well, now I have to think about it. Yes, uh, yeah, 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 As well I should, yes, in my corner of shame over here. <laughs> uh, and yes, I can say that quite definitively, Eric Roberts is the fucking man in Halloween Hell. Liam, do you concur? Yes, I, 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 I'm a little less enthusiastic because I really do want more of him. But he, when he's given a chance to do stuff, he's really great. Mm-hmm. He, I, we say it a lot that it, it looks like Eric Roberts was having fun in this movie. That's not enough for me to say that he's the fucking man, but it helps. Uh, here, yes, he looks like he's having fun, but he also does have some really fun lines and he delivers them he also flips off the characters in a very yep. dramatic way which i appreciated very much it's going to make an animated gif that i will use all the time um so you know <laughs> and, and and i boy i took lots of video clips of this and put them on my twitter and people seem to be very enthusiastic about it so i'm telling you what eric roberts is the fucking man in 2014's halloween hell and anyone who tells you differently is a goddamn liar right liam yes Say it. Say they're a goddamn liar. They're a goddamn liar? Oh, my goodness. You can't even say it. You can't say it. They're a goddamn liar? All right. All right. We'll work on that. But first, we have to take our final break. Yes. uh, After that, we're going to wrap things up, talk to our guest, and say goodnight. Be back right after this. Friction. 
And that was episode number 78 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I want to thank my guest, uh, Freeman Williams, for taking time out of his very busy schedule to entertain us uh, on on a show about 2014's Halloween Hell. Freeman, thank you so much. Where can people find you on the internet or elsewhere? Well, let's see. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Freaks. That's D-R-F-R-E-E-X. And if you add a dot com to the end of it, you'll find my current blog. And you starred in a classic piece of cinema that we should plug, don't you think? Yeah, why not? I don't get any money out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you do want to see our guest in action, you can check out 1987's Forever Evil. A, uh, a horror classic, uh, which uh, features a star-making performance from Freeman Williams. And you said all of that with a straight face. I'm very impressed. Hey, I, I like that movie just fine. I'm sure Liam is, is looking it up online where he can buy a copy right now. Isn't that right, Liam? Yep. I can't wait to own it. Uh, Liam, what? Yes, please. <laughs> Go 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 for if you can if you if you gotta buy it the two disc version which has the director and I on an audio commentary track being very rueful and apologetic. Well, there you go. That's a, those are my favorite kind of commentary <laughs> tracks. Liam, what's going on with Cinepunks and you? Well, I definitely have new episodes of Cinepunks and Har Business, uh, but they need to be edited. So I would love to say that they'll be ready by the time this posts, but we know that's not true. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But I, I, will, tomorrow, I will say so. that <laughs> a lot of people ordered T-shirts, and I finally got those orders out. So if you've been waiting, uh, it's in the mail. That's good news. I like hearing that. And you can you can find Cinepunks at Cinepunks.com. Where can people find you on Twitter, Liam? Uh, well, at least you just follow Cinepunks uh, at C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. And you can follow Liam at Liam Rules. That's our U-L-C oh, on Twitter, uh, where he puts his opinion out into the world. And you can respond to those opinions. Yeah, no one wants to do that, though. They do, and they do. I'm Doug Tilly. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L. Why? You can also find Eric Roberts is the fucking man on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M. Or if you want to check out all of our, all of our past episodes and subscribe, you can go to ericrobertsistheman.com. Or we also have a Facebook group. Just do a search for Eric Roberts is the man on Facebook. I've also recently uh, been taking part in a large podcasting project over at the podcast Under the Stairs. We're going through the 1980s, uh, going uh, year by year and creating top 10 lists for horror movies in that decade and then we're going to have a big old round table where we try to put together a top 10 list for the entire decade that's at tput the podcast under the stairs tput s sorry let me say that again tputscast.com please check that out if you get a chance because it's a epic project that has also taken up a lot of my time (laughs) (laughs) wow Uh, yeah, I know. It's too much. What is this world coming to? Uh, and the answer to that is uh, bad things. Bad things are happening to the world. So that's another thing that we want to promote here. Go out and uh, help the world because it needs it right now. It's a tragic, difficult time in the history of our planet. Uh, Liam, what, what would you suggest people do if they want to help things? Um, destroy check capitalism. Out. Oh, sorry. yeah. Yeah, definitely destroy capitalism. Um, if they maybe aren't up to the task of destroying capitalism, maybe check out some of the people offering legal help to folks trying to cross the border right now, like uh, R-A-I-C-E-S, uh, Racist Texas, uh, dot org. Check them out. Give them money. 
That's Liam showing his transparent right-wing views again. Really offensive <laughs> uh, to a lot of our <laughs> listeners, Liam. But, uh, but no, thank you so much for that. And I think we did it. We made it to the end. We talked about Halloween hell and all the latest Eric Roberts news. It's time for us to close up the Eric Roberts bag for another week. We'll be back again very soon with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can. <laughs> <laughs>